Hello, and welcome to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human. I'm Sarah the Human, and this is the Survivor Season 35 episode. I talk with Cole Matters, who was on Survivor Season 35. I actually know Cole from high school. I was homeschooled most of my life, but junior and senior year of high school, I went to Little Rock Christian Academy, and we had a graduating class of like 100 people. And I actually had not seen him since our graduation. We recently found out that we both live in L.A. and neither of us had any idea. And he shares his story about how he got on Survivor. Um, During this episode, my voice is a little bit froggy. It might still be a little bit froggy right now. I think I lost my voice at my cousin's wedding. I went to Houston over the weekend and just totally lost my voice. I think now I still have, like, little remnants of it being gone. My life partner, Bo, and I are huge Survivor fans. I never watched it growing up when it was, like, super popular, gosh, I guess, like, 20 years ago now. But when I found out that Cole was going to be on, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally want to watch that. So we watched his season, and then we got totally hooked. And I've watched every season since season 35. So now when people are like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, oh, we're watching Survivor. They're like, Survivor? That show's still on? (laughs) Well, I'm here to tell you it is still on and it is still fantastic. Something really sad is season 40 of Survivor was the winners at war season. All the past winners came together and battled it out. We have some good friends, James and Rachel, who watch Survivor. Shout out to them. And we had like a Survivor fantasy bracket going. I think we've picked four people to be in our league and then we're hoping they wouldn't get voted out each week and they would get extra points if they found an idol or made a strategic move or something. It was a really fun season and our friend Rachel had told us that she had hookups to get us tickets to the live season finale of Winners at War. But it was canceled because of COVID. I think it happened like in April of 2020 or maybe May of 2020. So we were like going to go, but then it got canceled and it's very sad. There will not be as stacked of a season as Winners at War, but you know, I think I'll get over it. (laughs) With all that to say, getting to pick Cole's brain about his experience on Survivor was pretty much a little micro dream come true. I got to find out so many intricate details of the process, and the behind the scenes, and y'all will get to find out too from this episode. Cole made it a couple rounds past the merge. Definitely encourage y'all to go back and watch his season. If you're not a big Survivor fan, making it to the merge is like a huge deal. If I was ever on Survivor, that would be my one goal. Obviously, I would want to win, but my one goal would be just make it to the merge, and he did. Another thing about Cole, he is 6'2", and he lived in a Prius for two years. I don't quite know how he fit in a Prius, but I'm sure he made it work. I think it's pretty awesome that he just had no rent payment. He was just living life. What's cool about him being on Survivor is that just being immersed in nature is kind of his thing. If you follow him on social media, almost every single day he is doing some sort of adventure, rock climbing or surfing. It's pretty impressive. Anyway, without any further ado, please enjoy. Cole matters. I have so many questions. If you can see all of my questions <laughs> here, um, we went to high school together, which was gosh, like eleven years ago now. Yeah, it's been eleven years since good old LRCA. That is bizarre. Did you go to the reunion? 
I did actually. Oh, you I was did. in town for a climbing competition up in Jasper, Arkansas. So I was like, why not? No so, way. Yeah. So I stopped by. It was it was cool to see everyone. I feel like it's weird. We've all, we're all ten years older, but everyone still looks exactly how I remember them. Really? For some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed to miss it. I wanted to go. I was kind of going back and forth. But being in LA, it's kind of a pain to go to Little Rock. There's barely any direct flights and it just didn't work out. But it looked pretty fun. There's more happening here anyways. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, for sure. But that's cool. You got to see everybody. Okay, so you graduated and then... Um, what year did you go on Survivor after graduation? So I went to Baylor in Waco for a few years and that just was not my thing. I hated school. I hated it so much. I was good at it, but I didn't like it. So then I packed up all my stuff into a Prius and drove out to Wyoming uh, where I took this like outdoor leadership school and then I just never came back. Really? Yeah. So how many years did you go to Baylor? Uh, three. Three. Okay. And then you're like, this is, I'm just done. And yeah. then did you live in your Prius? I did. I lived in my Prius for uh, almost two years and I just became a rock climbing guide, ski guide. We call it a dirt bag lifestyle out there and just uh, lived in city park in my car along with everyone else who lived in their car there and worked for this guiding school and eventually saved up enough and put a down payment on a house. And so I still have a place there, but I drove down to LA to visit a friend and while I was in LA, I went into a Chipotle and a producer was like, Hey, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a rock climbing guide, search and rescue EMT. She's like, you want to be on survivor? (laughs) And that's how that happened. And that was probably five years ago now. Wow. Okay. That is amazing. Like you just happened to go to this Chipotle and then happened to see this producer. I mean, and then she just looked at you and was like, okay, that guy would be great. I have to ask, which Chipotle was it? It was a Chipotle in Marina. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. I need to go and frequent it so (laughs) because I really want to be on Survivor. So I'm like, maybe if I just show up to whatever Chipotle it was, they'll see me and the same thing. Now's your best chance to be on Survivor. They're not doing recruits anymore. They changed their casting producers, so it's just applicants now. Only really? fans. No more no more recruits. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's great to know. Well, I actually made a video, so yes. I need to get you I'm to watch it. I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll give you all the tips. <laughs> yeah, I need to run it by you. I haven't submitted it yet, so I need to get your, your advice for sure. You definitely. You need to do that. Yeah. I had to make a video as well. Like I still had to jump through all the hoops for the casting and go to casting finals and stuff. So I can show you my video and what I did. You did. Yeah. Okay. So you got picked up by this producer and then what were you thinking at the time where you're like, Oh, this is legit. Or is this, you know, well, what did you think? My buddy who I was staying with at the time, I brought him the car and I was like, what do you make of this? Cause I'm just, I lived in little rock, yeah. Texas, <laughs> Wyoming, like I'm small town at this point, And he's just like, I think it's legit, man. Like, follow up on it. And I did. And then that was in October. And by the next uh, March, I was in Fiji. Wow. No way. That is so cool. You weren't able to, like, tell anyone, right? No, I could only tell my close friends and family, or really just my family. He had to sign, like, an NDA and everything. Um, I thought it was, like, a really big deal at that point. I've since learned it's a little more flexible. Oh, really? Uh, they like, tell you. People like, tell a little bit no more one's people. Gonna, yeah, no one's going to like rat you out or anything. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So when you're on the show, just kind of walk me through it. Because you made it to the merge, right? Yeah, I definitely made it to the merge. Um, when you first get to Fiji, well, actually, when you first show up in LA, 
they're all putting you on at the same plane. And you all see each other for the first time, but you can't say a word. Really? And they have you surrounded by like 20 producers who are all like, don't talk. No don't way. talk. And like if you even try to look at someone, they're like, hey, cut that out. You all get on the same plane to Fiji. It's like a 12-hour flight. Um, so you still can't talk to each other. And they're super strict about it. They have the plane like rented out. Um, and then you pull up to Fiji and they take us to like a private resort island. They have the whole place rented out. So there's no, no one else there except for us. And then there's like two or three days of just press stuff and them going over everything with us and getting us prepared. We still can't talk to each other, but we can make eye contact. And they're like, we encourage you to be observant and take notes about other people Whoa. and start playing the game now. Was there anyone that you were kind of taking notes about? Like who you thought, oh, they're going to be a good player just from looking at them? Yeah, there were a few super fans I caught on to pretty early. Like Dr. Mike from my season, he had like a notebook that had like all sorts of like survivor drawings all over it. And it said like playbook. And I was like, I noticed that. I was like, oh man, this guy's hardcore. Whoa. Wait, yeah. had you watched the show growing up? I watched the show until I was probably 14, 15 years old and then just kind of stopped watching it. And then I didn't even realize the show was still on air, <laughs> yeah. honestly. And I went and had to catch back up because the game had changed a lot. Yes. And I still didn't quite realize how much it had changed by the time I got on there and that definitely hurt me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, I know because I started watching actually at your season. You kind of got me into it. So I watched it and then I totally got hooked. So I've been only watching the seasons since mm -hmm. then. But then on Netflix, I think they like put up a bunch of old seasons. So yeah. I watched season one and two, I think. And the game is completely different because back then they're just worried about who helps out around camp and like just the survival aspect mainly. Whereas now I feel like it's pure strategy, 100% yeah. strategy. People could care less. If you know survival skills anymore right. or if you help <laughs> right. out around camp, like honestly, people avoid doing that because if you do it, people are like, why is he trying so hard? Like <laughs> yeah. what's going on? And Seriously. they'll get rid of you. So I show up as an outdoorsman survival person. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so useful. It just puts a giant target on my back. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, wait. I also want to talk to you about the aspect of not eating, basically. Because like how many calories on average were you eating before the show? Depending on my activity level, um, I'm a very active person, like working out twice a day. Every day I'm eating between six to 8,000 calories a day. <laughs> and on Survivor, <laughs> all you're given is about a handful of rice a day. Yikes. Okay. So and if you ration it out correctly too. So how is that part of it for you? About a weekend, I was like, whoa, I look good. Like, <laughs> yeah, super like, really shredded. <laughs> and then it just went downhill after that. I just, every, my muscles started atrophying. I was losing weight very quickly. And so it became, every time you stand up lightheaded, tingling in your hands and your feet, it just gets like you have sharp pains constantly all the time. Thank goodness there are rewards. Oh, or yeah. I would have not made it. That can be intense. What was the longest you went without like a good meal? So the longest, there was a stretch that every single tribe talked about when we were still broken up into three separate tribes. It was the middle tribe that we were on. Not at our beginning, but like the swap. Almost every tribe, everyone ran out of rice and we were without any food for almost three or four days. Oh, like man. nothing. That sounds awful. Yeah. And then you're in the sun, it's like beating down on you. I mean, I just can't imagine. Yeah, you're just chugging water just to fill yourself up, but 
that does not make it any better. Yeah, I bet. Wow. Okay, before the show starts, you're kind of observing everybody and you're taking notes and you still can't talk. And so what was the moment when you could talk to everybody finally? The second they said go on the big pirate ship with all the supplies scattered around and mayhem just let's loose because they're they're like basically they have your rowboats out in the ocean sitting there you're up on a pirate ship it's like a 30 foot drop from the top of the ship down to the water um there's supplies everywhere everyone's scrambling to get their supplies you throw it overboard then you have to go get your supplies out of the ocean swim it to your rowboat they're heavy not everyone is a good swimmer people are jumping in but still throwing supplies over so wooden heavy boxes are raining down on your head from above you're trying to dodge that (laughs) People are jumping in on top of each other. <laughs> then you have to drag people who can't swim into the rowboat and keep them from drowning. And there's not a lot of supervision. Like they have medical teams on standby, but someone can go down in the ocean real fast. That's scary. It's <laughs> frightening. Wow, that yeah. sounds super chaotic. He kind of throws you into a challenge right away, right? Jeff, he says, welcome. And then boom, you're divided into your tribes and you have a challenge. Yeah, it's so surreal. There's 30 cameras in front of you. Jeff Probst walks out. Everyone knows, like, even if you've never watched Survivor, you know who Jeff Probst is. Like, you know all about Survivor to that extent. And he just goes, Survivors, are y'all ready? And he's just like, go. <laughs> You're like, what am I doing? And we jump in the rowboat. We have to paddle the rowboat to shore uh, where we untie this intricate knot system and then pull the rope all the way up, then do a human tower to light this big torch. And then the winner of that got, like, the first reward. And luckily, our tribe won. Yeah. And the healer tribe went undefeated in every challenge. That's great. Okay, so you went undefeated in every challenge, and then you got to the merge. So then right. the swap happened, and we were on like the middle, oh. our kind of middle tribe, and that's where my problem started. Okay. That's when I was on the tribe with Ben, who ultimately won the season. Yes. And that's where my edit started to go a little downhill. <laughs> no. It's where the, the peanut butter eating happened. Oh, yes. Um, and the spaghetti. I remember the spaghetti. Oh. <laughs> so there were three very distinct moments that could have been game changers for me. And I still lose sleep over it some nights. No. There was the first one where Joe showed me a clue on a tree. And he didn't know what the symbol for the well meant. He thought it was a raft. And he was asking me, what does this mean? And instead of just like holding it in and going and finding it myself, I was like, oh my God, that's the well. And right. You're like, oh, I should have just not told him. Yeah, so we both run off and we're both digging. Whoever touches it first in Survivor Rules, it's theirs. And he touches it first. So I'm just acting excited for him, whatever. At least I know he has it. Then the second time, I knew where the idol would be at the middle tribe and I went digging around for it, but it was a different distance from the well at each tribe. But I told Mike and Jess, because I trusted them, Go find that aisle so they don't find it, at least. They ended up finding it, but they didn't tell me. Then the spaghetti. Oh, the first (laughs) reward. The damn spaghetti. After the merge. (laughs) It's a group feast. So one person at a time goes up to this to eat. And you don't know how much the person eats. You don't have to tell anyone. So you can eat as much or as little as you want to and screw people over. But at this point, I already had a rep for food around camp. So I ate the appropriate amount. But there's a clue under the plate or written on the plate. And it says there is an idol hidden under your tribe flag back at camp. My stupid self decides to just try to cover the plate up with a, a napkin and put yeah. the spaghetti back on top. I didn't really think that I was allowed to like break it or right. throw it out into the jungle. I didn't. It's like 
is it supposed to be difficult to conceal this? Like they want everyone scrambling for it. I didn't really know. I guess there's actually no rules. Um, so I did not ultimately hide it well enough. Other people saw. I decided to go pee when I get back to camp instead of just going straight for it. <laughs> no. I, just, I didn't like think everyone would go for it immediately. To get but it. Ryan had already got it. And then by the time I get back, I see Chrissy covering the hole up. I think she's digging for it. So I just go full on diving in and then it becomes a full on thing where everyone sees it. Ben comes and jumps on my back. Everyone jumps in. It's just a dog pile. The truck flag falls over. It's just a disaster. <laughs> no. So there were three distinct moments where I could have changed the game, but yes. I yeah, just was not aware enough. Oh no. Okay. So then in the very sad moment when you were voted off, what was going through your mind? Like, did you see that coming or no? Like, were you shocked? I definitely saw it coming. It was you not did? a blind side. People really? were warning me all day. They're like, hey, Cole, like, we like you, bud, but you're going home tonight. Really? Yeah. Okay, I was wondering that because in the edit, as the viewers, usually we don't quite know. I mean, we might have a little bit of an idea, mm -hmm. but when you are actually in the tribe, is it almost pretty clear every single time who's going home? No, it really no, okay. is a blind side most of the time really? but okay. they had been gunning for me for a while now but i had won challenges so i was safe and then um they blindsided jessica a couple before that and then i won immunity so i couldn't go home i knew they were coming for me i came in second place in that immunity challenge i was so close because oh, no. jp said he wanted to make moves with me if i could stick around one more time it was oh, so close man so you were on Ponderosa. Was that kind of nice? Were you like, okay, sweet. I get to eat some food and I get to hang out. Or what was that experience like on Ponderosa? Oh, I loved Ponderosa. Um, it was just unlimited eating. You could just, we went out on town and partied and just had a good time. That sounds fun. It was me and Desi at first at the start and then JP joined us. Really fun group. We have a nice resort, pool, just whatever you want to do. Go swimming in the ocean. It's all paid for. Um, yeah, couldn't have asked for a better time. Are you allowed to talk about the game? Like at Ponderosa? Oh, like, at Ponderosa. Yeah, are you allowed gotcha. to say like, oh, I think I'm gonna vote for Ben or talk about the game at all? They encourage us not to. Okay. But that doesn't stop yeah, us. Yeah, of course. Like you have to. <laughs> that would and be the most interesting topic. We all warned them that if y'all don't get rid of Ben, we are going to vote for him. Yeah. And they didn't listen and they didn't get rid of him. And so me, Joe, Desi, that's why Ben won. I was wondering if you voted for him. Cool. Well, that's kind of nice that the person you voted for won. Yeah, I like Ben is the reason I was voted out. That's why I had a target on my back. He lied to everyone and told them I was stealing all the food, eating all the fish, when it really and truly I was the one catching all the fish because I was the only one who's ever spearfished before. And I was the one swimming out, burning the calories, diving down, bringing the food back. Uh, but he put a target on my back and it worked. And the edit also went with Ben's story as well. Oh no, you're like, that's not true. That's yeah. the thing about Survivor. It's kind of cool. It's like the only place that you can just lie just straight up all the time and it's fair game. It's totally okay. Yeah, it's totally okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's just uh -uh. like, that's what you do on Survivor. You gotta just backstab people. Yep. Whenever you are, cause okay, when I'm watching the show, I see people make mistakes and I'm like, Oh, how can they make that mistake? But of course, I'm sure whenever you're in the moment, I don't know, was it difficult for you to like make strategy moves in the moment? There were a lot of strategy moves that I thought were smart and I'd seen them work before, but sometimes they just don't pan out. And 
they don't really show the thought process behind it. They just show it not panning out. Oh, no. So it just seems <laughs> dumb. And when you watch it back, you're like, wow, maybe that actually was dumb. <laughs> yeah. But you'll see someone do the exact same thing later on the show, and it does work. It's just maybe a misjudging of who to use it against sometimes. Yeah, there's so many factors at play. And you're also starving and not thinking clearly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, just missing dinner. I'm cranky, you know, like how can you make oh, a strategic decision? Cranky turned up to the max. Yeah. <laughs> Angry. I definitely snapped a couple times. <laughs> really? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How can you not? I mean, it's like you're probably starving. What was the number one thing you learned about yourself during your time on the show? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I was definitely had a really like introspective like ponderosa and i really dived into like what i can bring back and stuff and it really made me want to come back and just give back to people because i was just given this amazing opportunity and so i wanted to come back and just serve and help others and set other people up for the same kind of opportunities so being back from the show like how have you incorporated that into your life i so i have a background in wilderness therapy when i lived in utah and we took at-risk teens um, out into the wild for months at a time to help them get away from their issues, to help them recover. Uh, it was therapeutic as well. Teach them survival skills that teach them independence. And I've kind of brought that back to the LA area as well, working with underprivileged teens, um, anyone who has like trauma from their past. Just it, It's a whole spectrum of people. And it doesn't even have to be that either. I, I work with anyone who wants to get outside. But just to make that affordable and easier to do, because for some reason, outdoor sports are not affordable and therefore sometimes it's skewed away from minorities getting involved and it doesn't seem accessible so i want that to seem accessible and capable for anyone getting them out and active in the outdoors because um, i feel like the outdoors is a great unifier no matter what gender race income level like when you're out in the mountains you don't you don't care about that stuff you just you have to depend on each other to make it that's so true. That's really cool how Survivor kind of played into what you're doing now. And that's so fascinating how outdoor sports aren't as accessible because it's just outdoors. It's like you're just going outside. So that's really cool how you're making it affordable and accessible for everyone. How has that been like watching people going into these trips with you with some trauma or with like a difficult situation that they're navigating and then watching the outdoors kind of heal them have you seen a lot of transformation oh absolutely there's like there's been a lot of kids who are part of programs that come work with me and they it's not like they volunteered themselves but the program brought them and they show up not thinking anything's going to happen they show up with like a bad attitude and i don't blame them like they have lived such a difficult life for the first 15 16 years of their life harder than most of us have ever had to gone through. They don't know what it's like to be a kid that was taken from them. So just the ability to get out away from their problems, uh, from that abusive situation, um, to see them gradually grow and start just laughing and playing as a kid again and like experiencing childhood for the first time is really beautiful. That's so cool. Just simply changing their environment into being in nature just can actually heal them. It's a unifier. It unifies us. Yeah. That's so cool that you're doing that. That's awesome. And you go outside a lot. Like I follow you on yeah. Instagram. Is it like every single day you do something outdoors? Um, I wish it was every single day. That'd be that'd be the dream. We're working towards that. Uh like tomorrow morning I'm gonna go climb and then surfing in the afternoon. Um, Friday probably gonna go surfing again. Gotta 
six well coming in this week. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm outside a lot. And I'm really blessed that I get to do that. I mean, it's a great place to do it. Los Angeles. Yeah, I feel like people don't give LA enough credit. You can go surfing, climbing, and skiing all in one day. Have you done that? I have done you that. You have? Yeah. Oh, I've been... Okay, I want to do that for my 30th birthday. I've never done it, so I need to do that. Absolutely. When's your birthday? February. Oh, you can definitely make that happen in February. <laughs> okay, good. Drive up to Big Bear real early, or you can start at the ocean. you got to pick which way you want to go. But I like to start up at the mountains and come back down. I trust yeah. your judgment. I'll do that. Cool. So surfing, climbing, skiing in the same day. Did you do Big Bear and then Santa Monica? or what? Yeah, did Big Bear, then stopped in Malibu Creek State Park to climb. And then um, went to County Line in Malibu and surfed. I love it. Yeah, people really don't give LA enough credit. It's like we have it all. They're the all stuff. talking about Austin and Nashville being the next LA. I'm just like, no way. Okay, there's no ocean and there's no mountains and no, just no. Just no. Yeah. I totally agree. I know. I think it's just one of those things where California is definitely the best. So people like to hate on it. You know, yeah. they secretly know it's the best. Yeah, I can't see myself living anywhere else right now. Me neither. Yeah. People always say, you know, obviously it's expensive, but it pays to live in the best city in the world. It does. I will <laughs> happily pay that price. Exactly. Same. That's great. Um, cool. So, okay. If Jeff called you today and asked you to go back on the show, would you? Ooh, that is tough. You have to, you just have to drop everything to yeah. go. Um, you come back a little mentally unstable because you've just been manipulated and lied to for a month straight more than a month um and your body takes takes a hit you have to work really hard to get back to where you were after that too i mean unless you're like the first person out that, <laughs> that, would, that would be unfortunate i'm so glad that didn't happen that's everyone's nightmare oh, yeah. um i think i would just because now knowing what i know i think i could play a much better game i still don't think I would win. I mean, I want to hope I would, but being a physical threat, like there's gonna, just going to be a target on my back, so I'd have to be flawless. Um, but I was also just had a few problems with Survivor in some of the recent seasons too. There was some stuff that happened with production where, like, I don't know if you watched the Varner and Zeke situation on Game Changers. I don't think I did. Where this player Varner outed Zeke. Oh, at Travel Council. okay, yes, I did watch that. Right. So, Varner messed up big time. Yeah. That was extremely messed up. However, Survivor outed him to the world. That's so true. Varner outed him to eight people. Yes. Um, and then there was two seasons after mine where there was a sexual assault situation. I saw that too. Yeah. Um, what happened was the girl had been complaining to production that this was an issue for almost a week straight. They didn't do a thing about it. They said they blew her off. They didn't believe her. And then this guy, they had a problem where he went after a crew member. No. Then they did something oh. about it. Yeah, that's alarming. Yeah. That, I don't like that. I know they're trying to make it real life and everything and you know maybe not edit out so much stuff but when it comes to someone's actual life it's like okay they might need to interfere with those situations absolutely and like they at the end of the day they're just trying to get the ratings so you you're a pawn out there and they'll use you how you see fit so you just got to be willing to put yourself into that situation and that possibly happening to you which is not ideal but 
I think that desire for a million dollars would get the best of me if they did call back. Oh yeah, definitely. So you mentioned um, how it takes a mental toll just from being lied to and being kind of backstabbed. How, like, was it hard to trust people in the real world a little bit when you kind of eased back into things? I think the hardest part was coming back and just not being able to sleep. Just sitting there thinking about everything you messed up, everything that might be like turned back around on you in the edit, like all the mistakes you made, thinking about how you could have done it differently. Like that keeps you up for a while. You're like, you just kick yourself. Yeah, so watching it back, what was that experience like for you? Were you kicking yourself the whole time or were you mad at the producers or were you happy with it? Like what was going through your mind? There were some episodes where I loved it. I was like, oh, this is fun. This is great. We were always watching with friends and family. There were some episodes where I was like, I can't, I can't watch. I'm cringing so hard right now. Like cringed all the way to 10. So bad. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I feel like anyone probably thinks, okay, going on reality TV, like it's going to be fine, but who knows? They can make some cringy story about anyone and just turn it into something so huge. Even if it was something that's just not a big deal at all. Like they know how to work their magic to make it a entertaining story. They can definitely spin a story, but there were definitely things I did that I was like, no, I actually did that. <laughs> no, that, was that, that was all cold. <laughs> that's great. Can you talk about your other uh, show or no? I can't talk much about it yet, but it's going to happen in October. Okay, awesome. So we're on another show. Is this the only other reality show that you've been on, or have you been on another reality show? Uh, This is the only other one. I've made it to casting finals for a few, but this is the only other one I've been on. This might be a weird question, but do you prefer being on camera or off camera? Honestly, I prefer being off camera. Yeah. Um, The reason why I continue to take these opportunities, I feel like these things don't just fall in anyone's lap and it would almost be disrespectful of like the universe of whatever <laughs> yeah. is bringing these things my way to turn them down. So I want to just, I want to say yes to everything that comes my way and only good things have come from it so far. So That's cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to watch you in this new show. It should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the, the producers are going to do this time. Oh, they... <laughs> It could be far worse than Survivor ever was. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. This was so much fun. I um, will let you, I'll let you watch that Survivor video (laughs) (laughs) and you can give me some tips. I got you all the way. We're going to get you on. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Tell Jeff. And then I'll interview you. Okay. Yeah. That'll be the, we'll do a part two and then we'll do that. Okay. Great. Well, thanks Cole. Thanks Sarah.